So I think that, that this is what happens every election season. This is the reason why we don't have growth. Uh, the most cowardly statement we have for each other so we won't communicate is we need to respect each other's differences. Oh, you think it's something burns my hide more than that. That is the most cowardly statement. Because what you're telling me is that we need to tolerate each other's ignorance. <clears throat> That's what you're telling me. Because differences is, and we, if we don't have a conversation about our differences, that means both sides are remaining ignorant towards each other's views. It's like, no, why can't we just have a talk, talk about it? I'm not accusing you, but if we're friends and I have passion about how I feel and I'm telling you about it, that is the greatest form of love ever because I trust you enough to tell you. That's what's missing. Wow. This is Epic Ordinary Lives Podcast. Welcome to episode 30 of Epic Ordinary Lives the podcast grounded in the notion that your story is worth telling and that the telling of that story can help other people, both with the challenges and the lessons that you've gone through. This episode is a little bit of a departure from the standard episodes that are very much about someone's personal journey of their lives it felt appropriate to have a conversation as we enter into the last days before the election and into the election, at least here in America, in a time where no matter what side of this vote you fall on, it's pretty tense. And I wanted to have a conversation with somebody to speak to this experience that we're all collectively going through. So I brought back Bobby Jackson, who was episode 28, and this is still, even though we're talking about something that all of us are navigating right now, this is very much also about his own story, what he has done, what he has lived through, what his life has included, and very much similar to the first episode with him. It, there is the interspersing of this greater conversation, greater being this more countrywide conversation that is taking place. Now, even though this does enter into a political arena, as far as a conversation goes, I would say it's much more a conversation uh, asking the question of what world do we want to live in? What country do we want to live in? And I got a whole lot out of this conversation myself. And I hope you do too. So without further ado, please enjoy this conversation with Bobby Jackson on Epic Ordinary Lives. Bobby and I are back after uh, our initial conversation, which was very much about your life and very much about your journey 
And what I loved about it was it was interspersed with your life lessons and your wisdom and what you have learned from this path you have walked. And it got me thinking in the midst of a time where there is so much arguing, division, lack of unity, negativity. Um, I wanted to just sit down with you and, and, and hash this out, not even necessarily with, a, um, with an end goal in mind, but just to talk about in a time where people are not talking as much, they're, they're typing messages to each other on social media. I wanted to talk with you about all of the things that are going on. We really talked about your specific journey and now to kind of expand that outward and to hear how you, Bobby Jackson, are living in the world today. Uh, today it's October 27th. You know, we're a week away from the election. <laughs> right. <laughs> we, week away from, from, from decision of our lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. So it's tricky to know how to dip into these waters, but... Um, Let's just kind of pick it up where we were because we were we were talking before we hit record. So where do you sit right now? Well, I, I sit uh, anxious, you know, very, very anxious. I've been anxious for for a while now. You know, my, my wife, she always kind of knows, you know, when I get real, real hyped up and alert that you know, something's going, it's going to happen, you know? And so I, I think right now, trying to argue and, and fight with each other about uh, what's going on, uh, who's right and who's wrong, or, you know, we're a week away from what are we going to do next? Mm-hmm. So, so now uh, it's about, you know, what are we going to do, you know, next after we, you know, after we find out who wins. Now, I'm not one to, I'm not a media conspiracist. You know, like blame it on the media, blame it. No, we grow. <laughs> we know how to make decisions for ourselves. Mm. You know, we we majority of us Americans know right from wrong. Right. We don't need any, we don't need to look at somebody else's painting and have that influence our decision. We we know what's right from wrong. Mm. So so let's take the media out of it. Right. But just look at ourselves in the mirror, you know, and 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 consciously say, okay, who am I and who do we want to be? Yeah, yeah. So I, I kind of think, you know, that it's so much, you know, people trying to be defensive that people are not taking enough time to look at themselves in the mirror and be like, okay, at the end of the day, who do I want to be and who do I want to be proud of? Hmm. Hmm. That is so good because it's so easy and people listening right now could be a part of either one of these quote unquote camps of how this has gone, how this has, how this has become. And 
what you're saying, you're talking about how it, you can become so entrenched in defending this view, this opinion, this team, but you're talking about looking at yourself as an individual separate from your team. Talk more about that. Exactly. So when, when you look at yourself and make yourself personally accountable, you remove yourself from that camp. Because, because that's the deal with, with people to, to hide from personal responsibility and hide from, from personal reflection. All I got to do is keep defending the camp all day. Mm. Right. So, and, and that's, and, that, and that's the problem because the problem is, Hey, what about the personal relationships around you that know you? That play with your kids, that helped you out with this, this scenario, that you helped them out on this scenario. Right. So, so you, you've attached on that identity more than the one that you live with every day. Mm. So how, how, how could that happen? You know, what, what happened there? You know, so, so, you know, that, that's the issue. So I think, you know, for, for us, you know, I, I would suggest the night before, I mean, the night of everybody just don't even watch it really just turn it off and then have a personal reflection time. It's like, who do I want to be on November 4th? Mm. That's beautiful. That That is because some of the things that I've grappled with is that you can see what you're talking about is your next door neighbor, your aunt that lives down the street, your kid's football coach. They may not align 100. I mean, most people don't align 100% politically. And yet, if we make our true relationships and are the people that we respect and love only those that are a part of our team. There are people that we love. I mean, I love what you're pointing out. There are people that you have in your life that you kind of love that are a part of your community, or you, maybe you do love, but this kind of blocks you from that love. If you're viewing them as an other, if you're putting them in that camp of the other camp, the wrong camp, is that what you're? Is that what exactly, you're saying? Exactly. So when when people talk about different ideas, social ideas, right? It's always if you're in that camp, instead of you just talking about a social idea for a conversation, it becomes someone mischaracterizing that camp. Hmm. It's like it's like I didn't call you racist. I called you certain things that happen in the system, create racist systemic overtones that you just probably never even think about. Nobody never calls you racist. Mm. <laughs> Nobody never calls you that. But see, what happens is if you're in, if you stay in that camp, you know, then just like okay, somebody's pointing a finger, and that's what they're calling me. That's who I am. It's like no, we. Me and our kids play sports together. I take them, I take, I drive them home sometime, and you drive my kids home sometime. 
I wouldn't allow a racist to take my kid home. Mm. <laughs> yeah. You understand what I'm saying? So I think that, that this is what happens every election season. This is the reason why we don't have growth. I, the most cowardly statement we have for each other so we won't communicate is we need to respect each other's differences. Oh, you think it's something burns my hide more than that. That is the most cowardly statement. Because what you're telling me is that we need to tolerate each other's ignorance. Hmm. That's what you're telling me. Because differences is, and we, if we don't have a conversation about our differences, that means both sides are remaining ignorant towards each other's views. That's what it means. Wow. Right? So tolerance and understanding are two different things. Yeah, tolerance is like bare minimum. I mean, I tolerate. If I tolerate you, that is just one shade shy of I don't, I'm not okay with you. Right. Exactly. Pretty low level in terms of a relationship. Exactly. Yeah. So that's why that statement every political season, we need to respect each other's differences is so cowardly. It's like, no, why can't we just have a talk, talk about it? I'm not accusing you, but if we're friends and I have passion about how I feel and I'm telling you about it, that is the greatest form of love ever because I trust you enough to tell you. That's what's missing. Wow. Yeah, it's like people, this is a weird way to go with this maybe, but I'm going to go with it. If if you're dating somebody yeah. and you don't love them, the worst and most unloving thing you could do would be to keep it going, arguably, if you know deep down you don't love that person. Right. Similar to if I'm so afraid to tell you what I really feel and how I don't understand you, whoever you, if somebody that's then then that's like I'm, I'm choosing to tolerate living with you without actually engaging with you, without giving you the respect as another human being and saying, I don't understand at all where you're coming from, or I, I understand half of it, <laughs> but I don't understand the rest of it. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, that statement and our attitudes about running to different camps during election season, it keeps us from growing and it keeps the same arguments going on every four, two and four years, the same propaganda, right? It's preached every time. So if you think about this, look, if I'm having a conversation with you, there's something deep in my heart and I really want us to grow to another level, right? And I trust you enough to open up and tell you, I'm not trying to forfeit all the stuff that we, we've done together and been to each other. I want us to grow and understand. Right? And your fear that I don't love you no more, be kind to you no more, you know, where is that coming from? Who I know it's not coming from you. So who are you trying to protect? Because we have history. I might not have history with the group that you're trying to protect, but I got history with you. Mm. And that also means that you and I have 
things that no matter what these other things we don't understand about each other, we've got some pretty core things that we are in alignment. We got history. We got memories. Yeah. That, that none of our groups can share and understand. You understand what I'm saying? Does yeah. that make sense? It seems as though, I mean, I love how you, you said uh, cowardliness. It's like we're shouting in vacuums, but it seems like it would take a whole lot of courage to have these kinds of conversations. Yeah. Extremely. I wonder where this, um, this fragility, you know, it makes me think about in a work situation when your boss says, Hey, now, now some people don't have good bosses. Um, I have a great supervisor personally, and, and I've not always had great ones. I've had good ones. I've had not good ones, but the point is a supervisor can say, Hey, I need you to make this change. And it does seem in a somewhat similar vein, there can be this fear of the criticism, this fear of you don't like me anymore. Uh, not everybody experiences that, but I know in my own young working career, you know, I remember being a dishwasher at an Italian restaurant and uh, the, the health and safety supervisor came in for their, you know, those, those checks that they do. And, and they were like, you know, there's some spaghetti on this plate and it crushed my tender little spirit, my tender little 18 year old, whatever it was. And it seems somewhat similar. If I'm going to have a conversation with somebody that could be charged because of how much ideology can be attached to it. And then as we get into it, man, it seems like emotions can get very high. It seems like it can. So how do you think we can navigate these kinds of things as our blood pressure rises? Because that seems like that's going to happen or it could happen. Like I say, the only way we can do it is we have to separate ourselves from those groups. Yes. Even for a moment. Even for a moment. I mean, because because what are you gonna do? I mean, if if the world blows up and only me and you are left in it, who are we defending? Yeah, yeah. There, there's a, a book I read called Tribe. Uh, I think the author's name is Sebastian Younger. And I think his premise is partially that these political uh, polls, especially in America, where you're either essentially more liberal or either more conservative, it's good to have people with each disposition on your team. And it's certainly good to have diversity of opinion on your team. And, and you know, I think he talks about how in earlier societies you wanted this perspective during these seasons of life or challenge you wanted a more conservative approach let's res let's res reserve our resources and then sometimes you want like let's go find out what's over that hill and so but but what you're saying it's so powerful that um we've got to separate ourselves from these groups why do you think we don't naturally come to that conclusion as easily one is uh fear is one 
And, and fear comes from lack of knowledge. You know, you know, lack of knowledge. So if, if we if we don't pursue that knowledge for ourselves, we'll let others tell us that story. Give us that information, right? From their own narrative, from their own perspective, from their own ideology, you know? Mm. Instead of you humbling yourself and do the research yourself and be like, man, you know? Like actually going to. Yes, man, that actually happened. So, because when you go find out information yourself, just for instance, say somebody told you story or facts about something, you know, about a topic or history or whatever, you'd be like, oh man, that's really. But then you went back and did your research yourself. It hits you different. Right? Because it's, it's going to speak to you according to your experience and your reflection and what you've been through. So it gets a little deeper. All right. You, you, you start to critically think more, you know, instead of taking some word face value from somebody trying to narrate, you know, uh, narrate for their own motives and their own agenda. Right. You looking at that from your, your world, from your couple of blocks world, from your neighbor's perspective, from your community group's perspective. You, you start to think about it, you know? <clears throat> and, and it's different. It's different. You start asking, your, you're asking yourself questions. Man, if I was in that, what would I do? Or what, would my, what, would, what would be my black friend, John? What would he do? How would we interact with me? Then all of a sudden you, you, you find yourself in a land of empathy and understanding because you have relationship because you went and studied it yourself. Mm, and that takes more work too. It takes more work. It's going to take some courage, but it's also going to take uh, energy, time, sorting through. Exactly. But, that, but that's the beauty of it because yeah. if you have a goal in mind and your and your intention and your and your sole goal is like look if we going to get knowledge and we get it together we're going to be better off right we want to know exactly how we got here and then we're going to put all effort to make sure we don't repeat it again right and and this is what it does when you like we have this big issue in our country with our putting the burdens on white people today because of what their forefathers did. It's a big issue. It's justifiable. But you know what the the big issue is? It's like, man, why can't we be forgiven? That was a long time ago, right? And the reason why that forgiving process has happened is other problems. But I tell you, the one that you can do, that you ain't got to put the politicians involved, is that both of you study the history. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and come to grips with that. Like, this is what happened. This is how we ended. And a lot of times, 
it's not a, it, it, it is a history just in your neighborhood. You don't have to it's look not, far. You have to look far. It's like, how did our city end up like this? Well, so-and-so, <laughs> they did this. And then all of a sudden, like, man, really that happened. So this is how we follow suit. This is how things were done. This is how the mindset was set in. You know, I can't believe that stuff was wrong. That's how understanding comes in. That's how empathy comes in. And once you have understanding and empathy, forgiveness creeps in there. Hmm. Because because if there's nothing more, because black people are not dumb. We know good and well that you, you that you carrying a burden, right? That that your forefathers, but that you can't recoup everything. Come on now. But the fact that you can see it, you know and acknowledge you can see it and acknowledge, right? And then we can work together to put efforts in to rectify because that's what you would want to do for yourself. Hmm. Reasonable. You see what I'm saying? Reasonable. You see what I'm saying? Expectations to get back on the right course. You would do it. Yeah. And you don't and you don't need a political group. Or a ideology, you know, a, a, a group that has some ideologies to do it for you. Mm. You don't need nobody to do that for you. Do it yourself. And do it for yourself. Do it for yourself. Exactly. Do it for yourself. Do it for your community. Do it for the people that you spend time with, that you have, yeah. you have, you know, history with, that you have strong history, loving and caring history with. That's it's great stuff because it's it's like radical ownership of my own individual knowledge of any given situation. My own how how much have I it's it's kind of like if we are using a news source or and just any outside source without it's kind of like if you know like when I grew up in rural Tennessee and somebody would say did you hear you you're in middle school did you hear what what Martha said by the way no I, I'm not talking about a real Martha if your name's Martha or I went to school with a Martha but did you hear what she said and she didn't say that maybe she barely slightly said it you know third three degrees removed from what but but it's like you if if it's a radical form of going in that room it's like if you're just going on what other people are saying you're not even in the door you haven't even reached for the doorknob and i can see in my own self the both the fear to engage with people that i know don't hold the same view that i love but also, and this is bad, the laziness, the pure laziness I, I, to, to look at some of these challenges and, and, and not engage at a level that they deserve, at a level. And, and so what I love about what you're saying is it's, it's, we can get lost in these global, and, and there are global problems, there are systemic problems, there are policies in place that are making all of these problems continue like you're referencing 
But my responsibility is to bring all of that and zoom it back into my own honest investigation of any given issue. So what you got to do is you have to, you have to muzzle the voices of hopelessness. And, and, and those are the extremists. If the extremists, they're hopeless, you know, they don't have any hope that we could get them on. The extremists, you said. The extremists, yeah, on both sides. They hopeless. You know? You know, one wants to afraid they're gonna lose the country that they know. Right? And it's like the numbers suggest that's gonna happen eventually because you know, because it's becoming more biracial, it's coming more diverse, you got more immigrants coming in. Yep. It's Yep. It's, it logically, this it's not going to happen, you know. <clears throat> and then on the other side, it's like, okay, we, we will never be accepted. We will always have to fend for ourselves and look after ourselves first, you know. <clears throat> we, we, you know, we always got to be hitting it hard, trying to make our voices heard, and you know, loud as possible. You know what I'm saying? And never trusting mm. anything that they come to us with. I always would have right? In, in, in history, and in people, what they can do is they can keep showing evidence of history so much that it could be true. Right? But again, like I said, you have to step away Right, and just work in your own world. If everybody just worked in their own circles, just be responsible with your own community. Just be responsible for that. You know, but but social media has made it where all of a sudden I'm concerned about what's happening in That's right. And and, and really I might know somebody or I can support it if it's wrong. But, but can you actually go there? Do you know anybody to actually mend that fence? Mm. No, you don't. You see what I'm saying? Or if, but, but if something happened on my street, I know my neighbor. Yes. I know so-and-so across the street. Right? And we're, we're different races, different ages, different backgrounds, different cities, but we know each other. So we band together. We go, we say, hey, man, we got to go fix that. Yeah. But now what, what, what everybody's doing is people on your own street are staying in the house and not communicating. Yeah. 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 And it's like, it's like the, it's like those polls that you're talking about, the extremists, the voices of despair are what sell tickets on the boxes in our living rooms that give us and it and I, I what you're making me realize is it's so easy especially when we polarize other people and we and and you can so easily do it because you're not actually sitting in front of somebody you're looking at a the other the people that are on the other side of the line the people that want to take what i love or it's like It's kind of like when there's an ice storm and a car flips, people are going to get out of their cars and they're going to get the car and they're going to, you know, people are going to band together. 
but there's like more optimism with what you're saying. There's more optimism, but what I can say is this way. You know, because I, 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 I want to be optimistic, but I do want to give people direction. Right. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's more than optimism. It's our only way out. Mm. This, this is our only way out. You know, you know, we have to come to that place where we can start back communicating. Right, because if we stop communicating, the relationship's over. You you know that being in a marriage. That's right. You want to destroy your marriage. You want to get distant and stop communicating. Yeah, avoid the tense conversations. Yeah. So so if we if we're if we're stop communicating, as far as put it this way. <clears throat> You and your wife got some issues. Y'all sit down and talk, right? She's going to communicate some hard things. You're going to communicate some hard things, right? So I ask you, what keeps hearing those hard things still headed in the right direction? And what keeps those things headed in the right direction is no matter what I say to you, I still got your best interest. Mm. So once you lose that, that faith in that, then you lose trust in each other. And then it's like, we don't even know each other. And that's when you get into those relationships. It's like, well, I don't know who you are anymore. It's like, why? Because you stopped believing I had your best interest. And you got to have trust that, if I bring something complicated or hard or, I mean, something that's half-baked, I don't even quite know how this is going to resolve. I got to bring these challenging conversations. and I don't know how we're going to, I don't have a map to get through this conversation. I'll give you, I'll give you a hot topic right now. <clears throat> now, maybe the words was used wrong, like, uh, but the intention was spot on. So you hear the big debate came on after George Floyd about, defunding the police. So of course they media ran with it, that other side ran with it, like how can you defund the police? Everybody's going crazy. Yada yada yada. You know, I understand. So right then and there, you had no belief that <clears throat> that other side was asking, didn't like you, right? Can't stand because there's some extremists out there that's hopeless that present that scenario. But the majority of the people on that side asking for, you know, defunding the police. Now they love police officers. They have relatives as police officers. Yes. They have, you know, <clears throat> they, I have them. So it's like, what are you talking about? You know what I'm saying? No, I know them and we believe y'all need to be paid more for what you do. Contrary to popular belief. If you talk to the majority of people, you see what I'm saying? People on the outside. But what we're saying is, hey, this is best interest. We know that what's your job is hard 
and difficult and terrifying. We know that when you leave your home, your family is scared to death that you're, you're not going to come back from your job. Terrifying. We know that our community has tremendous mental health issues that can go off on the rattle in a second. So we're saying move some of that funding to mental health issues so it can give you, your family, more peace of mind that when you go out into those neighborhoods at night, that you have some support with people that have mental health challenges. You see how that's different? More people on your team, more people with specialized skill sets for... Instead of you going out to yourself, managing something that you don't have any expertise or training in, and then get blamed for the outcome. Yeah. So, so to remove you out of that scenario so you don't have to be afraid. Everybody's coming down on you that you didn't do your job. We're taking that responsibility off of your plate. That's a win-win. Yes. But, but, you get, but you got a narrative that says, no, we can't trust that they have our best interests at heart. You, you see how that... Yeah, it's like we're not even talking. Some, I mean, like you said, there's the extremists that are about driving, but but most people don't fall in that. And no, and they don't. Like, and, but it's like we're not even talking about the same thing. A lot of these these one line headlines, they become these arguments where you you could easily reconcile it. And if you're sitting down in front of somebody and you were like, "When I say Black Lives Matter, I don't mean." the other lives don't matter. Like, but, but we get entrenched. Like we could solve that in 30 seconds. Oh, is that what you meant? Yeah. Like we just want to acknowledge the problems of, of all this, all this time. Are you cool with that? <laughs> like, I give you an example. I told my, you know, I had a conversation with my mother yesterday and I said, you know, I'm really worried about next week. You know? I said, because, you know, I'm kind of falling into that, hopeless realm where I'm just going to have to look out for mine because I don't know if we have the maturity to be like, no, before we lose everything, we need to fight for each other. I don't think we got that maturity. So I said, you remember, I said, Becky, because she was, she was born in the segregation times. Mm. You know, she lived through that. I said, you had white friends, you know? She said, yeah, I did. I said, but when you went to that water fountain, both of y'all was thirsty. She's like, man, I'm thirsty. And y'all went to the water fountain and she went to the clean water fountain and you had to go to the dirty water fountain and y'all got up and walked away. She never said to you, man, that's a shame. You shouldn't be drinking out of that dirty water fountain. That's what Black Lives Matter means. That's all it means. Yeah. That you acknowledge that anyway, because the deal is we have to carry that demeaning, you know what I'm saying? Powerless situation with us. And that, and that is hurtful. It messes with your self-esteem. It messes with your psyche. It steady pushes you down. I know you had a friend too. I said, I know y'all went to a restaurant. And she's like, oh man, we hungry. We need to go get a body to eat. She went through the front door, but you had to go in the back. 
to get the leftover sandwich. And she got the fresh, fresh made sandwich. She never asked, how did you feel in that moment? She just lets you carry it. So that's what we're saying when we say Black Lives Matter. It's like, look, I don't want to carry that anymore. Yeah, and without acknowledging that that doesn't end the day that legislation, that that is seeped into the... Yeah, I don't want to carry that anymore. If you're really my friend and you know that's not right, fight and do something for it. Fight with me and do something about it. And that's what's happening now in the street. It's like, I don't want to carry that more that anymore. And if you don't fight with me, what you know something is not right, then that changes the dynamics of our relationship. I don't want my kids to have to carry that anymore. Mm-hmm. Just like I put example of my post that you told me want to talk about. When I go out and walk throughout the day, when I go do my walk, all the stuff I have to think about. You want to talk about mm-hmm. that a little bit? Yeah. So, you know, when I get up and I, you know, do my, my walk through the neighborhood, and that's my prayer and meditation time. That's when I think about all the people that's close to me <clears throat> in my life, you know, black, white, brown, whatever. You know, I coach a whole lot of people, a lot of people I'm close to and dear to, and I pray for them. I think about the issues, think about what they're going through, about a conversation, think about something I might need to call them and encourage them later. I said, but when I walk through my neighborhood, there's certain things that interrupt me along my way. All right. So I'm a big guy, 6'3", 270. All right. So I'm a big dude. So I know that that is intimidating and scary to most white people. I know it is, right? And it depends upon what side of town you live on, which is crazy. This is funny. If I live in a rich neighborhood, they wouldn't be scared because they automatically assume that I'm a professional football player. Right. But if I live in a middle or lower class area, you know what I'm saying? Then then the whole experience is different. But it's whatever. I still got to maintain myself praying for the people that I know need encouragement and doing my thing. So if I'm doing on my walk, I have to make sure that my arms are 90 degrees and I'm in power walking position so people can see that I'm, they notice that I'm power walking. So my posture have to emulate that I'm power walking. So, you know, I'm just like, what is he doing? You know, so it's like, oh, he's, he's walking. <laughs> wow. If I'm walking through the, and if I see somebody on the porch, I have to make sure that I stop and wave and acknowledge them. And then that, that makes them at ease that, you know, I'm not somebody just <laughs> showing through the neighborhood. Right. 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 So, you know, if especially if I see a white woman, if she's jogging alongside of, you know, we headed the same direction, I make sure I cross the street. So I'm not close to her, but she feel intimidated. And, and scared, you know. So, you know, going through and making sure um, that's on my mind all the time. So there, it, it breaks my meditation time up. Yes. 
you're having to carry so much in this moment in addition to what you came out to walk for. Yeah, and I've been doing it for years, so I'm not wasn't gonna let that stop me. But I but at this moment of this time, I asked myself, how much more could I do for people if my mind was free? You know, how much more could I do? You know, instead of making everybody else feel comfortable with my existence, how much more could I do? When I go for a walk, I'm not having to do this at all. I mean, we know this. This isn't new news. Right. But I'd like to speak this right now and acknowledge that you 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 have developed over years these 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 required movements for you to remain safe for you to remain to for you to continue through your day i don't have to deal with that at all i don't even have to think about it exactly and it's just part of it i you know and i've I've talked about before you know as far as mastering how to live in this world i i got it (laughs) to it like the back of my head you know different area scenarios, you know, no white people like the back of my head, know how to deal with it, move it. But you know, it wasn't till I was uh, I think 46 years old that somebody asked me, what was it like to be a black man? So I've been living on this earth for this long and nobody never even asked me. Now, what is it like being you? So, so it's just the heavy, it just shocked me because they really wanted to know. They, he was one of my professors. He pulled me into his office. He's like, Hey man, I just wanted to, I just asked, what are the stuff that you have to do today do just to be, what, what, what is it like being? It was unbelievable. I've been playing chess and checkers and <laughs> every board game all my life, mastery, navigating through this, you know, but one person allowed me to exhale. It was unbelievable. One white person allowed. It, 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 was, it was the most moving experience, you know, that somebody really wanted to understand because they recognized that it was a difference. Mm. It seems like there can be, it seems like this person. I mean, number one, the way you speak of them, it's like they saw you. Like you could tell they were actually looking at you and this was not some lip service or, but, but it also, it was a, it seems like there can be fear to ask these. I mean, this kind of goes back to what we started with. Um, I know that I personally can wonder about such a question, but be afraid to ask it so directly like that Mm -hmm. even though i legitimately want to know the answer to the question for fear of of causing harm or making the other person feel weird and that is probably the biggest problem that you're talking about in the very first place this this coward cowardice this is the thing though it's not like we don't know how to do it because we can't wait to do it when we go abroad on vacation that's right We, 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 we humble about the culture over there. We want to learn. We listen intently. 
You know, we go to every ritual and don't feel feel afraid or intimidated. We take photos and then we come back like, man, that was the greatest culture experience we ever had in our life. But we, but over here, we want to be American so bad. We want to look like each other so bad. We want to we're not any different. We're just, no, we are a melting pot. We are different. <laughs> so, so, so what are you saying we're not different? This is a melting pot. If anybody's not different is, is, is the country you just came from, from vacation. <laughs> <laughs> They're not different. We're different. No. I had to tell a person the other day, it's like, I said, the most insulting thing you can say to people is, I don't see, I teach my kids that don't see color. Mm. That's the most insulting. So that means you're teaching them to ignore their heritage, their experience. Yeah, you're not seeing the other person. But you, yeah, you choose not to see them. And I wow. say, like, saying, I said, dude, if I just sit down and actually listen, I might learn something and it just might enrich my life. And that's the thing that we've done over in this country that we've not grown is we don't embrace value, right? And put those different diversity things in places of power to be able to influence and build our best America. So instead of doing that, it's like, nope, everybody gonna do the same. Everybody, no, we, we can't see that. We can't see that. Everybody has to follow the totem line. Just like I was telling you with the, with the guy who asked me about, you know, what it's like being black. Because he didn't want to stay in a position of, oh, that Bobby, he gets it. He knows how to behave. He knows how to be, you know, he knows how to do it right. Yeah, I get that all the time. I was like, why can't you be like him? He knows how to fall in line and do the right things and uh, make the right decisions. And he was yeah. not a co a dance partner in that in that yeah, bad dance. Exactly, he was exactly. not a, a co participant in the. Right. Yeah, he saw through that. He saw through that. He saw he saw through my able to adapt and move. And he wanted he wanted to experience my authentic self, and I've never had a white person wanted to do that. That's horrible. Never, never in my lifetime. Forty six years. Forty six years, and I've done some great things. You know, saying I've done Joseph, but no, but but it was all about. Following my line, taking advantage of every opportunity, according to societies. Well, their measurables, because they yeah, their measurables, their need of what success is and what a good soldier looks like, and what's getting it. That person gets it. What that looks like. So yeah, I played that role, but he saw through it, and he wanted to. He wanted some time with the authentic. And, and that was the most refreshing experience I've had in my life. That's freedom. If somebody's willing to give that. It was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. And in this country, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> you would expect it if you went somewhere else, you know, like you went to another country. Like, Man, what's it like being black in America? You know what I'm saying? And they from 
you know, Europe or, you know, Portugal or Australia, Portugal, something like that. What's it like being black? No, he's here. He's American here. So what's it like? What do you have to do? How do you make it? How do you move? What do you have to carry on your back? What are your thoughts every day? That's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you don't know how, when you allow people to have that moment, how you become closer to that person. Because at the end of the day, people just want to be seen, you know? And, and they, they want to be seen outside of anybody else. Can you even see me outside of the group that I'm trying to associate myself with? Mm. Like, yeah. Wow. Talk more about that. If you, if you, I mean, that's, that's the story of Jesus Christ. He saw people outside of their associations. Yes. He engaged with the individual. Politician, tax collector, tax collector, Pharisee, Roman, Pharisee, so you don't care. It seems like there's some healthy risk involved in being willing to go there with people to vulnerably. Like you can't, you can't be playing it safe. Mm -hmm. You can't live in such a way you, you have to, to go back to what you said in our first conversation. And I may paraphrase here, but you're talking about being excited about new information or unknowns or what you don't have an answer for yet. And it seems like that spirit is needed with other people, with other relationships. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's our next, that's our November 4th. If if we want to have a chance, you know, as a country and as a people in this country, that's our next step. You know, that's it. And we're going to have to fight for it. It's not going to, it's like one of those things where, you know, when you get in debt, it's, it's, you can get in debt fast, but getting out of it is real hard. Right. <laughs> it's, 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 it's going to be, it's, 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 we put ourselves in this hole. We're going to have to work ourselves out. But what you're talking about is either way, no matter what, and, and people listening right now probably are sitting on, hopefully, are sitting on different sides of what who they're voting for. Mm-hmm. Well, what I love about what you're saying, to go back to what you kind of started with, is no matter what happens, you're looking in the mirror asking the same question, who do I want to be in this world? And what is my responsibility to break down break down that wall, to, to stop requiring that people play a role and that you be okay, you be complicit in that role. So just because just, just because I, I said I'm a part of the team. No, you can break away from that team. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, you okay. No, you're not going to jail. <laughs> you have permission. And that's that's on both sides. That's not just one. Yeah. You know? That's not just one. But 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 we gotta be prepared to pull our sleeves up. We gotta be prepared to get our hands dirty. You know, and, and that's that's what I struggle with with being hopeful for. And, and, and this is the thing. 
because you see it all the time. The only time you have to get us to that state is something bad happens externally. Natural disaster. You <laughs> see something. That's the only way that shakes us enough to be like, you know what? Politics don't matter right now. We had a natural disaster state. We we need to come together. It's like, why do you have to wait till that happens? Yep. Yep. The joke I always made is if you watch the movie Independence Day. Yeah, that's it. Like everybody suddenly is playing nice because there's there's another bad guy. There's a, that's we're not fighting with each other, and we're like, it's those those creatures are our problem. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You see what I'm saying? Every, every country is working together. Yeah. Every yeah, country is Yeah, yeah, for a little while. Then we got to go back to that. <laughs> okay prescriptively mm-hmm. is this we've talked about conversations with people we've talked about starting in your own neck of the woods what would you say this looks like when you talk about rolling your sleeves up no matter what side of a political vote you're on what is the work in your opinion the work is starting out what are we going to do next so what are we going to do now so go to your friends, go to your neighbors. What are we going to do now? And to start to have these, these yeah, what are we actual do dialogues with people that are different. Yeah, what, what are we going to do now? No, no, not even with people that are different. People that's just like you. Just <laughs> been raised, just raising cane or just been sitting on the sideline. It's like, are we going to be a part of trying to fix this thing? Are we just going to throw our hands up and go, what, what are we going to do? The, 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 the person right next to you, you know, your wife, your kids, what are we going to do? You don't have to search for it. You ain't that far to search. You know, what are we going to do? You know? You don't have to look far to find where the problems are manifesting in your own world, your own life, your own circle, your own community. And there's, 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 in other words, there's plenty of work. There's plenty of work to do. And of course, you know, there's some, some policy things, mm-hmm. you know, that you work on with government and stuff like that. It's not right. You know, and some, some favor one side more than they do the other. That stuff is going to be there. They're going to be rolling that pen forever. You know, they'll be rolling that pen for each other. But if we're growing, you know what I'm saying? Close together. We're growing. We don't have, we don't have to have anybody on the hill trying to persuade us the right thing to do. Mm. You don't need nobody to campaign. Because we we have our own we have our own ideas we have our own ideas. it'll be the people's campaign it won't it won't be the Republican campaign and the campaign it'll be the people's campaign no this is what side we want to live it's like we can kind of outgrow these archaic simplistic binaries yeah this is how we want to live you know instead of you painting this picture for us. Oh, this is how we want to live. This is how this is how I want to feel when I wake up every day. Hmm. This is how I want to feel about, you know, 
the people around me, my brothers and sisters that live around me, black, white, green, but every day. This is how I want to feel every day. I don't want to suppress things that I know that's not right just because you tell me it's okay. Mm. There's personal, personal responsibility. Personal. personal responsibility. Yeah, yeah. And it's going to take that. It's going to, it's going to go back to the individual. You know, oh. because the because the worry and stress alone is gonna kill you. Yep. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? It's gonna kill you. Yeah. You're talking you're talking about focusing on what I can control yeah. and what I actually want, what world I as an individual actually want to live in that is separate from what somebody has told me that probably has an agenda. I mean, it, it happens again on both sides of the political right. split, really engaging with the information, engaging with the, I think we can all agree. And I think we can agree with this. There are giant problems. Mm -hmm. Things are not okay. I think we can all agree with that. And I love that you're asking what, what, how do I want to feel when I wake up? Mm-hmm. That is nothing about the other wrong people that I need to stop. That's what, what am I actually, the, what life am I interested in living in? What world, what country am I interested in living in? Mm -hmm. And if you wake up and your answer is blaming someone else, then there's a problem. And then you're living in somebody else's narrative. Wow. Yeah, because it's not even about what I want. It's it's about what I what I don't want or what who who I don't agree with. Well, yeah, what somebody's telling me how I should feel. Well, then exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Don't tell me what you don't want. Tell me what you or, or don't tell me what other people don't want. Tell me what you want. No, you shouldn't give. Uh, you know, give black people fair treatment or give them some more of this or give them that because they're lazy bombs. You shouldn't even feel, feel uh, regretful about that. You shouldn't feel regretful about that at all. You know, you've been working hard all your life. You earned what you got. You shouldn't feel regretful if they tell you about all the disparities that they've been going through. You should feel you worked hard. That's their fault. They didn't take advantage. They don't want to do better for themselves. It's like, but you wake up and you have empathy be like, no, Oh, they've been getting the shorthand of the stick. You know what I'm saying? And I want to be a part. I, I can sleep better at night knowing that I did my little part to make that better. Other side, you better not ever trust another white person in your life. You know they're going to do you in. You stick your hand out there and put your trust in them. And Joe Biden, he going to do you just like you did last time. Don't you ever trust him away from me. no. Because, because honestly, it's more white people that have done more for me than black people. That's the truth. Mm -hmm. Any black person who has any success in their life will tell you there's more white people that's done more for them than black people. And if they tell you they didn't, they lie. Mm -hmm. and, and that list a lot black people probably a hundred times over. It's just the truth. Mm. Why? Because white people have more resources mm -hmm. to those opportunities. Yep. <laughs> so when so when I was young and I would and I used to live across the track in the hood, 
right? For me to get get advantage, I had to move on the other side of the tracks. All my football coaches was white except one. But my head, but ball, you know, but he, but he wasn't the head coach, right? Yep. All my counselors, almost all my teachers, but one was white. You know, so it's the truth. Yeah. Man. All, all the people that was at Lipscomb who got my certification, they were white. Yeah, you're coaching. Yeah, coaching. I was white. Lipscomb is a white institution. It's a great, great university. White. So, so it's no surprise. There's nothing to look down on. A little bit, but you, you know, it's like no. I put a lot of trust in them to get where I am. So for you to tell me that I'm not, I'm not supposed to trust them anymore. That's a lie. I'm going to choose the person that I want to be when I wake up in the morning. And I'm going to still believe in the people who invested in me, no matter what color they are. Does that make sense? Yeah. You're going to, you're going to trust it. It really seems like, and I don't want to um, simplify anything that you're saying, because these are not simple things, but I think they're also in some ways clear. It's like, listening to yourself see the reality in front of you see the reality for us to maintain these very simple narratives Mm -hmm. this group doesn't work hard enough which is why they've got all these challenges this group it that's that is a cartoon level of simplicity a whole world of complexity and it can again like as you pointed out it can occur on both sides so really again it swings back to what do I actually see reflected in my world? What work have I done to find out? Who have I talked to? Mm. And then who who do I want to be? Right. As an individual to contribute to the whole. Right. So so when you ask yourself, because I you know a lot of people it's like, well, I'm not racist. I'm not racist. I'm a good person. So who is the who is that measurement by? Mm. Who are you measuring? Are you measuring it by their narrative? about how you should live or can you look in yourself in the mirror and measure that by your own standards? If you can look in the mirror and I should say, I'm, I'm going by my own measurables and standards and with nobody else's influence. Okay. I believe. And what's really cool about what you're saying, Bobby, is that one of the core values of America is the notion of, of supporting individualism. If it's, if again, I hesitate to say that with a, paint with a, a broad brush stroke because that can be a problem just paint it all black like we can't even see it it's the bus blind it's, it's a blinder it it, it it for sure but but the but to, to sort of ironically come back to that and go being be a true individual mm, be a true not man. not the one that's on a shiny bumper sticker mm-hmm. not one that is you know what we put on a on a as a tagline on a movie who are you what do you believe in? What are who, what is your circle reflect of who you are? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Man, I mean, but 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 be again comfortable with the hard conversations, with the ear of not of attack but of good intentions. That's that's the hard part. I trust you enough to have this hard conversation with you. You know, 
and it, and I'm going to get animated. But believe me, my goal is good intentions that we can work through this. It's the most loving thing you could do. It's the most loving thing you do. It's the most loving thing you do. When you're in a relationship with your, someone close to you and y'all go through those hard times and y'all press through it, y'all closer together. It's pruning the tree. It's pruning the relationship. You see what I'm saying? It's becoming more trusting. You know? But if you if you see everything I come to you that doesn't sound like an agreement as an attack. It's like you don't trust me. So what so what can I actually even say? How can we even talk? How can we even progress? How can we even grow? Well that's the part for me that I, I'm really going to grapple with and 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 want to do better is not only asking the questions that that gentleman asked you in a in a real way when I am curious to listen to that curiosity and not be afraid, but also on the other side of that, the people that I know disagree with me to have the courage to, and, and it's not just courage, it's respect. It's loving the other. If I, if I love you, I want to know, I want to know how you got where you, where you were. And I don't necessarily have to judge how you got there to better understand you, even if I still disagree with you. And the, and you said the big word right there. You got to listen without judgment. Because a lot of times judgment comes from people's own perspectives. You know, you wasn't there. You don't know what it feels like to live in their shoes. I don't care if y'all went through the same school, same grade. If somebody told you this is what happened to him and this is what it made him feel, you can't blame. Well, that didn't happen to me. If you would have did this, it wouldn't have this. Irrelevant. It's irrelevant. It can it, it can be done. It's, it's 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 not as hard as you think. It's not hard. It's not difficult. But we, if we don't if we don't make this these steps on November fourth. Yeah. We continue to make our circle smaller and smart, smaller. And, and really we don't even have a circle. If our circle is people that are on a TV screen that we, you know, I, I think it's incredibly powerful. And where I leave this conversation with is with in a world and in a time where there's so little control compared to quote unquote normal life, whatever that means and many people have not had a level of control and there, there's all things wrapped up with that, but we do control what we do with our lives and our choices. And that again, to take it back, it, it doesn't, it, 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 um, regardless of who, who gets elected, the work is the same of asking yourself the question, do you want to create a world where people engage with each other, love each other? Or not. <laughs> it's it kind of seems that way. See the or I mean you'd have to make a decision on November fourth if you are okay with this being our new normal. The division. Yeah. If you're okay, yeah. If you're okay with it, then then it's gonna do what it's gonna do. <laughs> and we've seen what twenty twenty has uh brought 
with that division. Yeah, yeah. And we see how it has brought down many countries. Mm. So we're, we're only as strong as the first name of our country, United. This is as strong as we are. And we've been united through some things that we were doing over here domestically, we shouldn't have been united out. Our history should never, should say we should never be united. But some, some way and somehow, we, we grapple back to it. You know, so, so that's, that's where the spirit of our country is, is in it, it, shouldn't, it shouldn't make any sense. It is no evidence that we should be united mm. because we wasn't built that way. Mm. We didn't start out that way. And in every area. And yet. Yeah, women and anybody that wasn't a white male, they wasn't even considered human. Yep. And yet, when somebody comes against us, we rattle together. So we have to wake up November 4th It's like, dude, do we want to lose that? You bring a lot of wisdom. I, I, I just, I deeply appreciate. Did you, were you, did you have? No, that was it. That was it. <laughs> I, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you calling me. And let's cause I wanted to have this talk before this, this election and, and you pulled it out of me, you know, cause I've been kind of like, ugh. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, <laughs> me too. I've been, uh, too. And, but, uh, every conversation you and I have, whether we're recording or not, I, I, I leave, I leave with a whole lot and I leave with things that stick with me. And I hope that people that listen mm-hmm. can, can leave, can leave with, with what I think is something we can all agree on, which is that we actually do want to maintain this united world, this United States of America. Yeah. If all else fails, somebody come against us, we rally, we, we rally together. We I mean, do we want to forfeit that? Yeah. And can we become united against our internal problems as opposed to some external threat? Right. Well, it's a joy to chat with you. Thank you for the time. And um, if folks want to engage with you, chat with you if you just want to share what's the best way for uh, coachbobbyjackson.com you know working on finishing up my website for that too I'm making a new website and then you know my goal like I'm preparing for it too like my new mission now is uh, team building Mm. Uh, so really getting people back working together in you know different type you know organizations whether it be you know, corporate, team, uh, families, and then helping people discover how they can become part of a team called life, where they can find that place. So it's really helping, you know, helping and assisting people to get back into the game of working and being united. So once you know I'm, I'm building teams, we, I'm teaching them to have those tough conversations. 
so they can grow closer together and start working towards a common good. So, so that's my initiative. That's what I'm going to do November 4th. <laughs> so, so that's what I'm going to do. That's what, that's my mission to coach people, you know, on both sides in different organizations, different backgrounds, diversities, how to become a team. Which is exactly what we've been talking about to some, to some level as above, so below as, as in the global, so in the local. So, right. um, well, it's good work. Thanks so much. Whoever's listening right now, may we, may we rise together. That's my goal. United. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. I hope that you appreciated that conversation. A huge takeaway for me is the necessity of sitting down with people and having these kinds of conversations. And Bobby and I agree. And there were still tons of things that I learned and there's tons of actionables that I'm able to take away from it. I want to take this into those that I don't agree with. And I want to be a part of a culture that is okay with having conversations with people that we don't agree with, no matter where you sit. And so if you want to continue this conversation, you can email me directly at Aaron at epicordinarylives.com. That is A-A-R-O-N at epicordinarylives.com. Because as we shared in the podcast, it is my hope that ultimately all of us are still wanting deep down the same thing. To be a part of a collective united team together. If you'd like to check out Bobby Jackson's work, you can go to coachbobbyjackson.com. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can share it with a friend or family member. And if you are feeling quite generous, you can go to Apple iTunes and write a review. I will be back in two weeks with another story of an ordinary person who is living an epic life. Until then, take care of yourself. And I hope that you can continue to find both the ordinary and the epic in your own days. Take care.